listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonçalves. Hi everyone, it's Thursday, the 16th of February 2023. We've got a bit of a longer than usual SBS on the Money podcast today as profit reporting season rolls on. Later, the Australian unemployment rate rises to 3.7%. Does it mean a pause in official interest rates? But first, we'll start with Telstra, which posted a 26% rise in half-year profit to $934 million. Shareholders will receive a 8.5 cent per share interim dividend. That's an increase of 6.3%. How does the company feel now about the economy, though, and how has inflation impacted it and its customers? For more on that and plenty more, I spoke with its CFO, Michael Ackland. Yeah, I think it's uh, further evidence of our ongoing return to growth, and uh, we're seeing real growth momentum after a very long period of transformation and disruption Uh, we're now seeing real momentum kick into the business. Speaking of transformation, this is the first set of results from the new CEO, Vicky Brady. How would you describe her leadership so far? Look, I think Vicky is focused, very deeply focused on customers, focused on growth uh, and focused on our our reputation among the broader community and how people think about Telstra and the role we play for Australia. We cannot talk about inflation and the rising cost of living. So how have they impacted your business in terms of A, rising costs and B, consumer behaviours? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we are seeing, like every business, inflation hit us across all parts of our, or every cost line. Uh, we see it in, in uh, the cost of professional services and corporate services, our field services, fuel, obviously energy uh, so it is hitting our costs. We think we're managing that uh, well and we have a lot of mitigants in place. From our customers' perspective, um, you know, one of the things that's important, we still, you know, customers are still seeing connectivity as, as something that's really critical and, and, and they need quality. They need quality connectivity. But we are seeing some behavioural changes with our customers. We're seeing that particularly in um, probably, probably lower handset sales than we expected, customers keeping their phones a little bit longer or, or even looking at uh, lower cost, lower cost uh, consumer electronics and phones that they use their connectivity with. So some changes in customer behaviour, but um, uh, you know, connectivity is still, it's still, it's still really core for many, many people. So will that mean customers will see higher prices when it comes to things like mobile plans, for example? Yeah, so we did make some changes to our, our mobile phone plans in July this year and, and we told customers that uh, we would annually look at those prices in relation to CPI. Um, we, we will look again um, when it comes to uh, coming up to July this year. We'll do that around April, May, look at the March CPI figures. But there's a lot of things to consider there. We've got to, you know, front of mind is cost of living for customers and the decisions that, that they need to make. Um, we also need to look at our returns. As I said, we're just on the start of that recovery, that economic recovery of the business. We need to, we need to make sure we're delivering returns so that we can invest in the network to deliver those experiences customers want. And of course, we have shareholders who, who need a return on their investment. So we, we look at all of those, but front of mind is customers and the pressure that they're under. And, and they, that will be front of mind when we make decisions around uh, what we do with prices going forward. 
We've seen a, a large number of US technology companies slash jobs only recently. Here, the unemployment rate in Australia rose today by 0.2 points to 3.7% in January. So are job cuts at Telstra inevitable amid tougher economic conditions? So under our T25 strategy, we don't have a target for headcount. We do have a target for uh, uh, cost out and we're going we're to focus on being relentless about driving discipline and efficiency, but we don't have a specific uh, headcount target in the same way that we did with our T22 strategy. The Optus data breach really put the focus on cyber security and scams in general are on the rise. How much of an issue is this for Telstra and what are you doing about it? Yeah, so we, we look at cyber as a, a 24-7, cyber security as a 24-7 battle and, and it's one that you can never be complacent on. We've let out with our cleaner pipes program where we're blocking millions of uh, scam emails, scam calls, uh, scam texts and, and those numbers of blocked malicious contacts just, uh, just keeps rising. I think we have some of the best capabilities uh, in the country in our team in terms of cyber, in terms of protecting our perimeter. And we're also very focused on making sure the data that we're retaining, uh, we're only retaining absolutely the data that we need so that we put, have a smaller perimeter and, and put uh, and, and be less at risk. So to what extent did your business benefit from customers switching away from Optus? Yeah, so when, when the Optus uh, incident occurred, I mean, obviously our first, uh, our first reaction uh, was to review all of our cybersecurity activities and understand how that attack worked, which is what you do when there's any cyber attack. Um, but we did, uh, there, was, there was Optus customers who came to us. We would estimate that's in the, the, um, the, the mid-tens of thousands uh, of customers that, uh, that came across. That normalised pretty quick. We saw, you know, uh, it's called port-ins when customers change their numbers across. We saw those from Optus uh, lift uh, for a number of weeks and now that's, that's largely normalised as we move forward. Just a couple of other questions. What do you see as the big thing in telecommunications tech? Yeah, so we're right in the next big thing in technology. We're right in the middle of, uh, of, of the 5G rollout and, and there's, there's more innovation to come uh, with 5G. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about satellites. We're a very big country. Satellites will be a complementary technology for many people. But coming up next month is Mobile World Congress in Barcelona and you'll see, uh, you'll see a lot of the, the new tech getting talked about uh, in Barcelona in the coming month. And just to wrap up, how do you see the outlook for the economy and once again, does it mean job cuts at Telstra? Yeah, so uh, we, we don't look at it from a, a you know, job loss as the target. We look at getting being efficient, automation, uh, driving our digitisation programs. And that will mean that in some areas we, we, do need some less, we do need less people. If I look at the economy uh, overall, unemployment is still historically uh, you know, very low. And we, 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 we're... You know, at the moment, we feel we're in a very tight labour market. We see that in our stores, in our call centres, uh, where you know, making sure that we can fill vacancies and have enough people to service our customers is probably our focus um, right at this moment. Clearly, the business environment, there's, there is a lot of uncertainty. We feel like we're well positioned to weather that. We, we feel like we, we deliver a product that, that people really value and that people... Uh, that people really need. But we are focused on remaining disciplined on cost, as we should in an inflationary environment, uh, and making sure that we're able to deliver uh, best value products for our customers when they need them.
Michael Ackland there. He is the Chief Financial Officer at Telstra. Telstra shares did rise today by more than 2%, so investors liked it up, its update. It happened on a day where the share market also rose. The S&P ASX 200 up by 0.8%, 7,410 points. For more on the day's market moves, starting first with Telstra's result, I spoke earlier with Henry Jennings from Markets Today. Uh, well, it was an interesting number, I guess, first under the new CEO. So it was interesting to see no longer Andy Penn there. But I have to say, Telstra seemed to be, and they always have been, dominant in the mobile space. 5G very much so. The return of roaming has really helped them. It was a pretty solid result. They raised the dividend, which will be good news for retail investors as well. I think that's the first time I've seen a change in the $0.08 cent dividend since time immemorial, really. At one stage, they couldn't even afford to pay that, but they still did. So it's a pretty solid result. It shows, I guess, the power of mobile Price rises in mobile plans are pretty sticky. People don't tend to change. If you're with Telstra, you love Telstra to an extent, especially if you're in the regions where you can't get anybody else sometimes. So a pretty solid result under the new CEO. I think there's a tick in the box for that one. A lot of other results out today. Which ones were the ones that caught your attention and why? Well, I guess one of the ones that caught my attention was AMP, uh, which paid the first dividend it has paid since the Hain Royal Commission five years ago. God, it... It's five years now. Uh, but it was an interesting number because they did pay that dividend, but the core business still seems to be showing problems. And although AMP had a pretty good run towards uh, the tail end of 2022, all that came a little bit unstuck today and the stock's down around 13%. They still do have issues with their core business and they are losing funds under management. So that's not a good sign for the AMP. But I guess some people will take heart that they did pay a dividend, which is somewhat... Uh, at least a little bit optimistic, I guess, from the uh, the management. A lot of other results out today. Which ones were the ones that caught your attention and why? I, I guess volatility. There's, there's an awful lot of volatility post the results. Uh, some days we're getting very negative results uh, and uh, certainly guidance is being very cautious. We saw that from CBA. So I think, you know, there is a caution ahead, especially from retailers, those people looking at a slowing economy. And I think that is the overwhelming thing at the moment, certainly caution ahead. Henry Jennings there from Marcus Today. Let's now go to another profit report from today. That's from Domain. Now, uh, interest rates, there impacting that company where half your profits fell 39%. The number of listings on its website off by 9.5% and a half. Where to now? I spoke earlier with its CEO, Jason Pellegrino. So, Jason, first of all, to what extent are higher interest rates impacting your business? So our business really is tied to listing volumes across the market. And it's not so much the height of interest rates, it's the speed at which interest rates have increased in an unprecedented fashion with nine interest rate increases over the last nine months. So that is really creating an environment of shock and awe. And, you know, house owners across the country are, are, are questioning when's the right time to bring their, their property to market. And we've seen an unprecedented impact on listing volume declines in the last half. Okay, so going through the new year, how do you mitigate those effects? Well, really, we've seen strong listing environments in periods in our history where we've had a lot higher mortgage rates than what we have now. So it's not about the the, the level of interest rates. It's really about people's confidence that they can predict the future or predict the future within a band of tolerance. And really in the first half, because of the speed of those interest rates, 
the speed at which uh, there's been a change in political setting, geopolitical risks, you know, government risk, environmental risks that have happened in that that first half, it really created a perfect storm where confidence was sucked out of the system. Over the, the next half and, you know, over calendar 23, we know that that confidence will return. And history has shown us that listings don't go away. They they just need a, an environment of, of, of confidence for people to step through all of those really complex gates and, and bring their property to market. Okay. Um, I think in your release, it said something along the lines of listings were down 9.5% for the half. What kind of activity are you seeing on your website right now, though? Can you give us an even more up-to-date um, uh, read? Yeah, listings were down 9.5% on a national basis. But it's important to note the other trend that we saw is listings in Sydney and Melbourne were down over double that. So this is uh, Sydney and Melbourne leading the the price declines at Sydney and Melbourne having the, 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 the epicentre of that lack of confidence. And what we're starting to see in January and February is an easing of those those poor conditions in Sydney and Melbourne. So they're starting to revert to the norm. We are seeing declines across the country, though. Um, and and that will continue for some time until such time as that confidence returns. And it's a confidence to not predict what interest rates will get to, not wait for them to start declining, but at least a level of confidence that there are going to be no more shocks in terms of RBA signalling or, or rate rises above a tolerance level. And wrapping it all up, just how challenging do you think the short term will be for your business? But at the same time, how do you feel about the future? Because the other thing we haven't spoken about too is the impact of migration. Yes, we've performed incredibly well in the context of a challenging listing environment. So we've offset that 9.5% decrease in listing volumes with a 9% increase in our in our yield, the revenue through price increases, through new product innovation, and through more customers across the country taking up our premium you know, listing products. So we performed incredibly well. It's been pleasing to see you know, innovation being delivered and taken up by customers, even within the challenging environment that we see. I still am incredibly excited about Domain's long-term ability to scale and scale substantially. We're here to inspire confidence in life's property decisions, and we're, we're having a bigger and bigger impact on the property ecosystem across Australia. Jason Pellegrino there, the CEO of property website Domain. Now let's go to economics in Australia's unemployment rate, which rose from 35 to 3.7% in January, 11,500 jobs lost. So what does it mean for the RBA? Will it pause when it comes to more interest rate rises? For more on that and plenty more, I spoke earlier with Angela Jackson from Impact Economics. Yeah, look, it's interesting. So what we've seen is the employment figures drop for the month uh, and the number of unemployed people increase for the month. And so really across the board, we are seeing this slowdown uh, in employment growth. And we've seen that really in the last six months. So there was some hope in the market that we'd see a bit more momentum, um, but we haven't seen that in these figures. And I think what's coming through is the impact of those interest rate increases are really starting to bite. And so we're seeing the slowdown uh, in the labour market and uh, increase in unemployment as a result. So is this a major concern or is it the desired effect by the RBA with increasing interest rates? It's all a matter of perspective, Ricardo. So yes, I think for the Reserve Bank, it's pretty clear that they have a view that the unemployment rate at three and a half percent probably isn't consistent with getting inflation back into their target range. So they are increasing rates. And one of the things they're going to be looking at is the impact on employment. They want to see that unemployment figure rise because I think what's 
their view is, is that that will take the pressure off wages growth and will make it easier for them to get inflation back within that range. So in some ways, this is what the Reserve Bank has been hoping to see. I think it also wants to see, obviously, those consumer spending numbers continue to come off and the heat come out of that just to lower that demand in the economy. And that really is the purpose in the end of the day of increasing interest rates. So is it up from here in terms of that unemployment rate? Look, what we're expecting and what the market and what the government is forecasting is an increase in the unemployment rate. So we're expecting to see around 150,000 people added to that unemployment queue over the next 12 to 18 months. Um, so, yes, that unemployment rate will keep going up and we expect it to, you know, probably get above 4% again. So these record low unemployment rates are not going to be sticking around. And finally, what does this mean for the RBA? There was a pretty obvious reaction in terms of the currency markets after the data was released. So it's almost like the markets are thinking, hold on, does this mean slower rate rises or a potential halt in terms of interest rate increases by the RBA? What do you think? I think they're pretty firmly focused on inflation, Ricardo. So I think the the statement of monetary policy last week and their statement um, alongside the increasing in the interest rate pretty much firmly puts them on the they were pretty spooked, I think, by the latest inflation figures that showed that broad-based increase in prices, particularly in the services sector. Uh, I think they are concerned that inflation is becoming more entrenched. So I don't think it means we're going to see a halt in March, that's for sure. Um, but I do think they will continue to look at the data, but they're pretty resolute in slaying this inflation dragon. So I, I don't know if the market reaction is necessarily in accordance with what the noises that are coming out of the Reserve Bank, which is... They expect to see unemployment rise there. They know that that is part of the solution to combating inflation, but their focus really is on getting that inflation down. Angela Jackson there from Impact Economics. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. Content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.